Hello and welcome to another episode of Not, Not Another, another superhero, superhero Movie Podcast. Podcast. I'm Nick, that's Tom. We're back. We're back. Thanks for your patience, everyone, for uh, new episodes. And and uh, today we're going to talk about uh, a, a good Marvel movie that came out a, a little bit ago, but is worth taking another look at, Black Panther. Yeah, one of the most popular Marvel movies. Uh, I think the highest domestic gross, other than Avengers Endgame, I think it even beat Infinity War. Yeah. Uh, this movie was huge culturally. I remember I was in law school when it happened. People would talk about it in class like, Oh, hey, I'm going to see Black Panther for the fifth time. Right. And I was like, oh, my God. I was waiting. That was my reward for, for hopefully passing finals to see it afterwards. I think I might but have seen this movie three times, like people, two or three times. People saw it so many times. It it was the most, at least on a person-to-person basis, it was like the most culturally impactful movie right. pre-Endgame, even more so than Infinity War, I think. Maybe it was close. They came out super close to each other. But it was just... It was just quite a cultural. I mean, obviously, you know, we're not really as we're not really qualified to talk about the uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, having that. having an all black cast was a big deal. Yeah, uh, a all black ca- predominantly cast and lead cast um, was was definitely impactful. And I think all in all, the the movie had a lot of good points. Yeah. Coming back on it with hindsight, there was some some things you know interesting things we found. Some stuff we kind of had a different take on so having watched it again outside of seeing civil war and then infinity war and just blending it all together right you got the chance to like pick you, it apart by itself and outside of the cult of the culture and the hype and it was all deserved the the hype yeah. machine that got started i mean this movie was nominated for best picture at the oscars which which never happens what? for comic book for movies. a superhero movie that's what? Yeah. I mean, that's insane. They even... It happened so infrequently, the Oscars now made a new category to uh, to nominate Endgame. Did they? Essentially, yeah. Like, the bit... I, I, I don't know if it's called, like, blockbuster movie, but essentially it's oh, gosh. popular movies, just so... Is that coming out for next time? It's coming out for Endgame, oh, so... Oh, wow. Endgame will win that. But Black Panther was nominated for it when it was just the traditional movies, and I, well, we'll talk about the flaws of this movie, but I think... The most important thing is that it's it's positive. It got a 97% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. Critic score. Critic score. Wow. Audience score, 77%. Wow. So That tells you disconnect there. That, I think it's the biggest disconnect of all, um, usually of all these Marvel movies. Of Marvel movies, usually it's the other way. Usually right. it's the fans are all, are all on board, you know, warts and all, and then the critics come at it. But it... it it's surprising that's the other way around. Yeah, I think, honest, unfortunately, the way Rotten Tomatoes works now, I think you have some people lowering that score artificially because they're just going to... They're, they just they're racist and they're account. bad. Yeah. And they're just going to give it zero because it has they, an all-black cast. Yeah. And But I think kind of there was a little bit of... Some of the critics, I think, maybe didn't view the warts of this movie because they were swept up in the, yeah. in the emotion of it, which... Yeah, I think everyone was, and the first time I saw it, I loved it, and it was only on reviewing that I still really liked it. I was really entertained. Yes, very. Just some of the flaws come out. Right. A little bit. So, so now we can we can finally give you kind of our full take on it. Um, We'll take you through the story a little bit briefly. You know, it had been a while, but definitely want to get to some of the meat of uh, things that that we picked up on having rewatched it, but. 
Um, the movie, you know, obviously Chadwick Boseman is Black Panther. Right. We got introduced to him in Civil War. He reprises his he, role. He reprises his role and is actually a big part in Civil War. Yeah, um, he actually, I think, uh, this the, obviously Civil War is about the, you know, Bucky coming back and this Tony Cap fight. And, but I think the character that actually has the best arc in Civil War is Black Panther. Yeah, he, he has the growth. He has the growth. In, in it, where he learned, you know, more than revenge, kind of. Right. Is his, is his lesson. Which almost hurts him because he has such a great arc in Civil War that this movie starts and it seems like that's kind of the lesson that he should learn in, in his first solo movie, but right. he's already learned it. Right. Like, for instance, in home, in uh, in Civil War, Spider-Man comes in, also has a kind of a, maybe a shorter cameo, but right. also gets introduced for the first time in the MCU, but doesn't go on an arc, really, maybe no. a little bit. Reveals what he said. His conversation with Tony, maybe, but it's not an arc. It's just a it's little just, bit illuminating character. Right. Black Panther goes on an actual arc where he changes as a person right. from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie, and I think that almost hurts this movie in a weird way. Even though I think in, that arc makes Civil War so good because you expect the Tony Cap stuff, you right. expect the Bucky stuff, you expect the fight at the airport, the Spider-Man introduction once that got leaked. You don't expect Black Panther, a new, brand new character, character, to have a full arc. And exactly, it's so compact and so good. Yeah. Um, but in this, I think, I think we agreed the the character reveal of all in this movie is really Wakanda itself. Yeah, and, Wakanda's the the main character of this movie. And and you know, with hindsight, pressure is on to reveal Wakanda because it was a major setting in Infinity War that came out right after it. Right. So they kind so, of had to make sure that they gave us this yeah, feel for the for Yeah, the, looking for back on country. it, a lot was riding on this movie to to establish one that we cared about Wakanda because that is where the battle takes place. Right. It is ground zero for the Thanos invasion on Earth in Infinity War. And if we didn't care about Wakanda, if we didn't care about the characters, I think in our Infinity War review we mentioned how it was almost funny how how basic the character introductions of the wakandans were in infinity right. war because and the, it, and the shuri right. and um black panther back and forth was like not there had, yeah it was like a quick joke here or there but it was not the same as in this movie but i think it only worked at all in infinity war like when mbaku goes mbaku and okoye have their um this is gonna be the end of right. wakanda what a glorious end i think that only works as an exchange because of the character development that happened in this movie and the buildup of just Wakanda as a country. Right. And just building on the Disney theme of we expect you to see our movie. You needed to see Cap- you needed to see Civil War to really get Black Panther. And you need to see Black Panther to really get Infinity War. Right. So it's just like sorry guys, you're stuck. You gotta see all our movies. Which is kinda interesting because Black Panther is very for other than just who the characters are, it's a very bottle. It's a kind of a bottleneck episode, it, where uh, they have a couple detours outside of Wakanda, but for the most yeah. part, it takes place in Wakanda. It's about Wakanda. It's and, the least overlap. It has very little overlap with characters in the rest of Marvel. Right. Except for ones that were introduced in Civil War, like that was the intention. Right. Other than that, is Claw from Ultron. And Everett Ross, who's in Civil War, he's the, CIA the U.S. CIA guy. Other than that, it's not. Re- it's mostly re- more recent introductions. It doesn't. You know, you don't have a Hulk cameo randomly, or right. you know, kind of things that happen right. in some of these other movies. It right. just 
it's a very self-contained story and it works on a lot of levels because of that yeah but it is important in the mcu which is it's a weird dichotomy kind of thing yeah it's important for the future of the mcu but doesn't rely as much on its past other than the directly preceding movie yeah if this movie was not this movie probably in the build-up benefited from like being a big part of infinity war's script but if it didn't if it didn't land it would have hurt infinity war for sure yeah and i think it just shows you know we talked about marvel cockiness a lot marvel making the excuse me marvel making the end fight scene of infinity war this place that we hadn't seen yet that audiences hadn't responded to we don't know if they're gonna like it right huge risk obviously it pays off because we do like we do care about wakanda we do care about these people we might care about wakanda more than captain america does in his order to take down the shields but yeah yeah or yeah well that go listen to our yeah listen (laughs) listen to our infinity war and get our take on that on that master military strategy yeah but america super genius by the way yeah so pinnacle of human intelligence exactly so black panther black panther starts off right let's, um, let's get to it we get the quickest mythology of wakanda and black panther that we possibly can it's like I looked at it, it's less than two minutes. It's where we hear a voice, it's later um, the prince, the the, the former king's brother that we learn, but he's he's telling the story of Wakanda and how the panther goddess um, bestows this power on the ancestors and it's the power of the black panther, the strength and the speed. And between that and the vibranium, the Wakandan people have been able to protect themselves from the outside world and they've grown to be this great technological power where countries around them the world around them has has not been able to lift themselves into this like futuristic place yeah and and going back to our our very first podcast our aquaman review we talked about the benefits or the detractions of having this in the beginning there was right x like the kind of that thor does this, I think, does it perfectly, where they have it, and it's a completely new world. Like we said, it's a very very unique situation. Wakanda doesn't really draw from any of the other MCU True. mythology. Yeah. So we're here where they establish it in, like you said, two minutes. It's quick, and it's done in a very organic way. It's a father talking to his son, and that's it. I think it's the best world intro in that, not in that sense. Like yeah, I agree. When we have less patience for a long one, they did that quick. And then immediately after that, you know, it's animation, and now it goes right to um, the scene, and it says Oakland, 1990, early 1990s, mm-hmm. and it's kids playing outside of an apartment. Clearly, looks like um, a poorer neighborhood. The basket is like the basketball hoop is like uh, a plastic crate, and then it goes right into the apartment, and it's who we later learn is the king's brother. Um, seems like he sounds like he's planning a robbery or planning an attack. And then all right. of a sudden he hears something and he tells the friends that are with him to hide their maps, hide all their, their weapons and stuff. And he hides it behind paintings and things and then gets a knock at the door. And who is it? It's King T'Chaka, who we, who we met in Civil War, another thing you had to know. Right. But as an older King T'Chaka, this is like 30 years and ago. And this is... T'Chaka when he's the Black Panther. Right. He's in the Black Panther suit and he has two bodyguards with him. And um, the friends get dismissed except for one of them. And the brother says, no, this guy, you know, he needs to stay with me. And they 
they talk back and forth. And this is my number one advisor. Right. Here. They uh, make quick small talk, and then immediately, uh, Tachaka calls calls out his brother, and he says, "Then why are you, you know, planning violence? Why are you planning an attack?" And and he he accuses him of helping the the big Black Panther villain or like a a big one for Wakanda, uh, Ulysses Claw, who's who we met in. Um, Ultron, as Ultron, the vibranium supplier. Right, right. He's he's somebody who's found the secret of Wakanda and just like like his CGI counterpart in the Lord of the Rings, you know, Smeagol, the Vibranium is precious. He, he can't get away from his precious metal, and so you know he's he's stolen vibranium from Wakanda, and apparently the prince has helped him, and we we don't see what happens at the end of that confrontation, but it's just that. You know, you have to come back to Wakanda. To face right. Trial. We know there was a confrontation, and that sets the stage for the movie. A couple interesting things about this scene is that one, the Black Panther is the king. When before, based on Civil War, it appeared the Black Panther was the king's bodyguard almost, or or some protector of Wakanda. Yeah. Right. Not necessarily tied to the king. Right. Because obviously T'Challa is not the king in the beginning of Civil War, and yet he is still the Black Panther. Right. He's not even he's not king at any point because he's made king in this movie. Right. Later. Yeah. Um. So it, interesting. But he knows about it. It's clearly not a. It's not like a secret identity. No. No. That it's the not. king does this. Yeah. I think it might be just been, be a little bit of a retcon because as the movie goes on, we see that the the title of king and the title of Black Panther are tied together. Right. So. Maybe not, not even a retcon. It could just be that T'Chaka was getting old and said, you know, I'm gonna give up my powers, give them to T'Challa, and that the Black Panther, the mantle of the Black Panther, will pass it's before also, the kingship. I why it, give up your powers? I think there might be some retcon still to do because why does? Oh, I, get, I mean, I guess to, I guess T'Challa already had the the herbs of power. He did. He was they had already to take the, it away from him. He was already the Black Panther. Yeah. In Civil War. Right. He had the super speed, super strength. They didn't explain the ceremony that allows you to designate your your prince as the. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder if anyone had to Black fight Panther. over. Was there trial by combat for that? Yeah. To become the Black Panther. Assistant Black Panther. Somebody should have told him Baku about that. Maybe he would have got. <laughs> he would have shown up for that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. <clears throat> that's what we see from this flashback. Then we go to present day, and um, it's it's uh, Black Panther planning. Uh, well, we see a newscast that's telling us the events of Civil War that the old king was assassinated, and that T'Challa is is going he's to be going the next be king. king. And he's he's you see him, but he's planning he's planning some kind of operation. Um, the king is looking for his queen. Right, he's looking for his queen. You know, an old, uh, you know, an old flame that they kind of went apart from a bit. Relationship, exact, unclear exactly, but and, clearly uh, the girl he likes. Right, the girl he likes. And we get introduced to two other female characters who are who are pretty great characters in this movie. Yeah, the female characters in this movie are really strong. Uh, in fact, I think they're even stronger than Nikia, the love interest. I think yeah, they, well, they could build more out of her character. Uh, Shuri, despite surprisingly not being in the movie for that much has some of the most memorable moments in the whole movie Absolutely. i think my favorite part of the movie is her relationship with t'challa as just the brother Agreed. brother sister relationship uh okoye is great also as like a weird right she's not, the not bodyguard weird, but um, like the moral center and a righteous person but still kind of interesting at the same time i mean 
it's kind of hard to because sometimes those characters tend to be a little boring. They walk a nice line with Okoye. I didn't really love Nakia, honestly. Yeah. I didn't I, think she had much to do. They didn't give in her. This movie. They didn't give her much to do, and it's hard to give her. You know, if you go through a movie, it's hard to give to give some carve out some space for her with everyone else. But yeah, they're introducing a lot of characters right, in this movie. Right. Right. You know, basically Shuri to to use the Spider Man reference, she's the girl in the chair, right? Yeah, she has all yeah, the yeah. she has all the tech tech understanding and she has her own lab and she yeah, builds she's... she builds uh, T'Challa's suits and gives like a you know cue to James Bond introduction of the the powers of the suit which right. is which is honestly new to these movies because the only other person who has this stuff is Tony Stark and he builds his own stuff so nobody tells him what anything yeah, is made she of. She is Q mixed with Jarvis mixed with Ned. Right. Uh, combined and also like a sister that makes That's true. her brother. Yeah. It's uh, which which makes for a great character. I think that's why she's so memorable. Yeah, exactly. And I like Okoye too. I think Okoye might be my favorite, like, character. You know, supporting character. In this yeah, movie. I would still put Shuri above Okoye, but I'm I'm with you on that Okoye is a good character. And you're right when they kind of have this. She mostly makes fun of she makes up fun of T'Challa a lot for like. The very first thing is like, uh, you know, don't don't freeze. Don't freeze. I never, freeze. I never freeze. <laughs> you know, like you get too nervous when he meet, when he sees Nakia again. And the first thing she says is, when he comes is back is exactly what he does. Or the first thing she says when he comes back after you know the mission goes a little a little not what was planned. Right. Was uh, you froze like. <laughs> yeah. And Nakia, I actually like this scene for Nakia. Mm-hmm. And I was when I first saw obviously Lupin Nyong'o. Very famous actress, right. one of the bigger names in this movie, I think bigger than Chadwick Boseman even. Yeah. Uh, and her first scene is really good, establishes who she is as a character. She's badass, she's self-sufficient, she's been... She, she wants to out. help the world. She wants to help people. More than Wakanda, you know, is willing Currently to do does. publicly. Yeah. So I think it, it, sets her, it sets her up very nicely as this movie goes along. And I think if the movie was a little tighter... It could have played her logic versus like a Killmonger logic better than it actually does, where she just kind of gets lost in the shuffle as the movie goes on. Unfortunately, right, right. even the second one, she'll she'll be more of a main yeah. Player. I mean, they certainly have a chance to do that. It's just yeah, exactly. There's there's so much going on in this movie that it comes to the background. But the scene where we meet her, she's in Nigeria, so you know another location, and she's uh, looks like she's trying to rescue women who've been kidnapped girls who've been kidnapped mm-hmm. and are on these on this truck and it's like abandoned road at night she's in with them she's undercover she's undercover and then black panther and black panther comes to quote unquote rescue her um and that leads to a fight with these with this militia or who is ever taking her and nikia holds her own in that too yeah and it's it, you know you kind of get a little bit of you get a little bit of a show of what the black panther can do it's not really needed because you know how pretty much how good he is from Civil War, right? Uh, but it does. And show there's like him. a no contest, like nobody gives him a hard time at all. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. You know, he was very evenly matched with a lot of the heroes from the last movie because these are the strongest heroes that we have. Right. And then in this movie, when he's fighting guys with guns, it's not even. It's, it's not it's, even a contest. Yeah, the guns. Yeah, the, they don't do anything to him. So he he takes care of these guys and, and Nakia, you know, we gets see mad, that she's gets a, mad yeah. because she blew, he blew his co- her cover. Her cover, and... but then he says, oh, my, you know, my father died. I'm going to become king. Actually, he doesn't say my father died. He said the king is dead. 
King is dead, long live the king. So it's almost like he's like he puts his father off at a distance, like that that level of respect. Like he doesn't talk to him about it, as my father. Right. Um, he, he's coming as again. He's trying to keep his emotions at bay. Right. But right. at the same time, you know, it, it shines through that he is that 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 he likes her and that he's kind of like that he wanted he wanted to get her. He probably knows that he doesn't need to rescue her. But he wanted to get her through to get him through this trying time. Yeah. He needed a friend. Yeah, he wanted he her back. He, he wanted her back. back. So that happens, and then we're quickly moving to um, what's supposed to be uh, T'Challa's um, coronation or, or right. proclaiming as king, and that's when we really get to see um, more about the world of Wakanda. We see it in the daytime. Because uh, they fly into Wakanda, they go from what looks like the jungle into this futuristic city. Yeah, um, they fly through the jungle. I, I was wa- watching, rewatching it. I was like, this is kind of like you know, like a, like almost a Star Wars type city in the way that. Yeah, and it's and it, it, it which had, is cool. It's, it's so modern, like like space age technology mixed with some, very you know, some like, very basic and just. It's it's kind of like representative Wakanda, the, how it looks, which is it's very effective. It's representative of Wakanda as a culture too, because here you have this advanced scientific society right, that right. still it's has a modern, new and everything. It's yeah. old mixed with new, and it's right. extremes on both ends, and it's uh, it's it works as the aesthetic they developed for it. I yeah, think. yeah, and so that's pretty cool and a great great image of where this ceremony is going to be held is like a cliff with a waterfall you know, facing off the edge. And, and so it's like this, this cool scene. Right. It's almost like a half auditorium. Yeah. And I don't know how people get up there or to their like little seats that yeah, are exactly. by themselves, but we get, we, we also get introduced to all of these tribes. You know, we heard, we heard in the intro, in the intro that there's this one tribe that lives to the Jabari that live in the mountains and don't want anything to do with them. Well, we see all these other tribes and they all have their own colors and their own like animals that are their patrons. Right. And, uh, Nikia is from one of them. The royal family is one thing. Right. Basically, and... it's more just there are four tribes that are together, one tribe that's separate. Right. And I mean, it's the blue, red, green, and purple tribe. Pretty much. Right. Yeah. And and then so the Jabari are the separate tribe. Uh, the time comes where, in a very ritualistic ceremony, T'Challa is. He is robed of her of his Black Pantherness. Yeah, he I has guess. to. He, if anyone wants to come and challenge him f- to be king, they have the, this is their chance to do it. So that that's kind of like a classic like historical, f- you know, and like fictional monarchy kind of thing. Like, right. oh, you can challenge to become chief or king. It's or a little unclear who ha- can challenge him. Yeah, uh, not as it doesn't seem like anyone can challenge him. It's, no any of the tribes or any member of the royal, royal family, family which which right. comes up later but yes. it's not like it's not like Ulysses Claw could show up and try to fight him no definitely have to be part of the inner circle of Wakanda to right fight. and one of the members of this inner, inner circle by being the leader of the mountain tribe leader of the Jabari yeah uh, Mbaku comes out and challenges T'Challa for the crown right and it, it's a big moment because the, the the other tribes that all live together haven't seen them in year, basically in years they never come down but i guess like this is their opportunity and he's he's going to show up and he's going to fight him and so black um t'challa is stripped of his his powers they like 
drain the drain the Black Panther power out of him, and then not in a suit, just you know by himself fighting. He has to fight yeah. Mbaku in this battle, and probably one of the best fight scenes in the movie. Yeah, I think it's better than there's there's you know obviously we're way into spoilers. There's obviously another very similar fight scene later on with yeah. uh, Killmonger and T'Challa. I think this one's better. I I agree. I, I, uh, it's a it's a cool fight. It's visually interesting. Um, and they're kind of like the 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 phys- physiology mismatch is interesting because Mbaku is much Big bigger and, stronger and, and you know he could like he could like bear hug crush crush T'Challa and all that. But but you know the mix is good. And there's even like the I was surprised there's even a scene where towards the end where T'Challa is like literally stabbed with a spear and it, it goes in deep. Right in the shoulder. Uh, Charlie, it's like the most I expected very out of this even, fight. Very evenly matched fight. Right. And uh, eventually he is able to win. You, it turns out you can win either by... It, it can go to the death. Yeah. Or by surrender. And he pretty much has Baku in a, in a sleeper hold. And he's got him it choked out. He can maybe throw him over the mountain if he right. wants. And uh, he's saying... He says, surrender. Your people need you. Surrender. Yeah. Here and we then, see T'Challa... One of the re- he's worth he's prepared to be king. He's ready to be king. He knows the importance of mercy over right. you know killing. He doesn't want to kill this guy for no reason. He, right. He just you know he needed to defend his crown. He's done that. He doesn't need to unlike later in the movie throw an unconscious guy over the mountain. Yeah. There's no re- there's no reason to do that. Yeah. I, it, he's not Thor at the beginning of the, the original Thor movie where he literally had to learn mercy. Exactly. The child is more developed, and which is I think what kind of what we were talking about earlier that. Maybe that would have been a good thing for him to learn as the movie goes on in his first solo movie, but he's kind of full formed already. He doesn't yeah. care about revenge so much. I don't mind. I don't mind that he's full formed. We needed it. We needed to get somebody else to to have an arc if he was already going to be like. Yeah. There. We'll talk about it's it later. Fun. I thought they kind of had a couple opportunities to have to make other yeah. characters have arcs that they, right. they either punted or they didn't go far enough on. So. Right. So it, it, in this fight, in in the coronation fight, I guess you could say. Uh, Black Panther barely wins. He gets him in the chokehold, and he convinces him to yield. He's not ready to do it right away, but but eventually Mbaku gives up, and then it's like a celebratory moment, and he's made Black Panther again, and um, then we go to London. Right. And I guess first we don't we get a little bit of uh, Black Panther when Black Panther when T'Challa gets his powers back he becomes the Black Panther he goes to the ancestral yes. plane. Right. That's uh, right. This is kind of an it, it's an interesting moment because he taught he's able to talk to his dad and it's this moment it I don't think it's really he what he says is actually important. One no. th- this existence of the ancestral plane is pretty cool. Right. Uh, and it, it more sets up this conversation sets up the later conversation that he has with his father. Right. They I mean. The line that they they like to use probably I think they used it in the trailer is like it's hard for a good man to be king like that's right. the main that's the main thing um, as he's in this like trance dream world kind of thing and then he mm-hmm. comes back out of it right right um, and now they're in London and now we're in London we're in a British museum and new character that we're introduced to um, Michael B Jordan's character um, and he's um, looking at these artifacts and they're from Africa and um, he's he's asking the curator about them but he's kind of like toying with the curator and he's and he's like quick w- with this woman like he's like ready to kind of 
like do something like we know that he's important in some way and then he called he, he asked her about an artifact that's like an axe and he says and she says oh it's from you know this one place and he's like no it's actually from wakanda, it's wakanda. right and um and then we see like he's poisoned this woman's drink she falls to the floor he calls for help and that brings in the other members of his his uh, crew and all of a sudden they're stealing you know they're stealing the artifact and they're and they're shooting they're shooting up the place right um they kill a bunch of people and the artifact turns out was is vibranium right they kind of they have a they shake off the rust and everything it turns out it's gleaming vibranium axe and one of his partners turns out to be yeah. Ulysses Claw. Ulysses Claw. The, the mentioned villain, the guy from Ultron, who's the vibranium dealer, basically who's public enemy number one in Wakanda. In Wakanda, yeah. Seems like Wakanda, like, you know, when they have the FBI's most wanted Wakanda edition, it's kind of like, here's Claw, and then no one else. No like, one else. They don't really have any crime other than Claw stealing their vibranium right. 100 years ago. He's the only one who found it. And honestly, I guess he has even more of a reason to be a villain. Like, uh, apparently in the original comics... It's Ulysses Claw that kills T'Chaka. Interesting. And that, I, I see that, yeah. like, okay, that's the revenge arc. I think it totally worked in Civil War for them to have a different scenario. Yeah. But now Ulysses Claw, like, okay, he's the number one, and he's and he's killed other people in Wakanda. Yeah. But, you know, he, at the end of the day, he's still an arms dealer. He's not, like, mad scientist. No. Kind of whatever. He, and uh, I, I think just a little comment about this scene. I think... This is Michael B. Jordan at his best, kind yeah. of killing, just <laughs> killing kill, the Killmonger character. He's an unnerving character in this scene. Yeah, he just drips this suave villain that yeah. there's something, even when he's saying innocent things, there's a little menace behind it. And yes. he just, he's amazing. <laughs> right. And I think that's kind of a refrain I'm going to bring up. One of my big problems in the movie is just that he's not utilized enough. Yeah. Because I think he's excellent. In the right way. And I think we, that starts with this scene. This is his first scene in the movie, other than when he's, you know, kid playing basketball. Right, right. Like, this is the first time we see Michael B. Jordan in this movie, and it's, what, 40% into the movie? And we haven't had enough of him yet. It comes up, I think it just comes up too late. The pacing in this movie is a little bit, a little wonky, I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind that this is when we meet him. Mm-hmm. It's just, how, how far do you want to progress him from where we meet him? Right, like, like I'm okay with meeting with meeting here, but maybe maybe they could have done this before the other fight. I guess that that could be a way to go to, or have this be the intro to the movie. But I thought their intro was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't have a necessarily a problem with the intro. I'm not sure where you put where you put him in earlier. Right. But even if you put this scene in a little bit earlier, I don't I don't think I would have a problem with that just because you kind of you kind of need to establish him and. You right. want to give him more opportunities for growth, I think, that are kind of missing. He doesn't really change much. Can, you take, could, yeah. can I take a pause here? So one thing we learn later is that um, Killmonger has had like special forces training, part yeah. of a special forces team. Yes. Are there other significant people who might have been members of that team? What do you mean? Uh, a certain uh, Canadian with regenerative properties. Perhaps. So you want to just do this now in the middle of our in the middle of our uh, Black Panther review? Yeah. How are they bringing in the X Men? How are they bringing in the X Men? 
Um, I know you mentioned before that in the comics there's some con- there's some connection between vibranium. I think there's and so many ways this movie this this franchise the Black Panther franchise is the entry point for the X Men. That is in MCU. See, that wouldn't have made my top three. I would I, yeah. before you said it because I think number one is it depends when they want to do it. But I think there's a very there's a very easy case to be made that uh, the Ancient One when when she talks to Hulk in Endgame yeah. about if you take the Infinity Stones out of the world, something happens. Obviously, Thanos snaps. Mm-hmm. Something happens by, you know, they're mut- mutants happening. Right. <laughs> that whatever causes it. I think the second one is that we get something in Multiverse of Madness, the new Doctor Strange movie, that maybe causes a cosmic change that allows mutants to come into the world, whether they were in our world and started from our world or coming from a different world from a different multiverse yeah maybe i think those are the two that i think are the two most likely ways they bring them in um i think it's very hard for them to organically just say mutants exist now i I don't think they can i don't think they can claim that mutants were in hiding right i don't think forever and now they're here because there's too many characters that would know and i and unless they do a multiverse thing which i think they shouldn't i think they should lean away from that but but maybe they have a good way to do it I also don't think you're going to get true X-Men and Professor X Academy, you know, mm. in upstate New York. I think you need to have mutants, but they, but you can't have an entire school and everything like that. Like, if you're going to introduce mutants as something new to the world that we know, it has to just be that they're, that they've, they've come to being in this world and there's no, like, team or organization or anything I like think, that. I think if you use that strategy, the snap... Uh, Thanos' snap affecting things and changing things actually works because the snap happens in 2018 movie time. Mm-hmm. Um, right now in 20 in the year 2019, currently we're in 2023 movie time, 2024. Yeah. So that's already five years forward. If you think it's probably going to take, what do you think, ten years, about eight years maybe, to bring X Men into the MCU? From literally this point yeah i don't think it's gonna happen anytime soon it's not it's not planned right now i mean i don't think i I don't think they could wait 10 years eight seven i I think they got to bring x-men into we're in what are we talking about phase four i think they got to bring x-men into phase five like 2000 2003 2004 then we may then we but we're in a scenario where we're having younger maybe not maybe not in full people. force but in like you're introducing you got to give certain... you got to you got to show that the that the that the world is in part of it yeah i don't necessarily disagree with that timeline i just what i'm saying i'm more trying to say that when you look at it it's going to take time we already have this five-year buffer i think there's enough time for certain x-men to organically grow yeah. for instance maybe some x-men Maybe there's a, a genetic mutation that happens to certain people when you get brought back. From the snap. From the snap. Which is half the world. Which is half the world. Like so a recessive if, gene or something. So even so if it's a only quarter triggered, of the world. So even if it's... And honestly, yeah. the, I, could, I could... Doctor Strange, in one line, could be yeah. like... Everyone could be a mutant. You're, you're missing... You know, you're messing with powers you don't understand. When you brought them back, you did this. Yeah. It's like, it was the only way, but I had to do it. You know? Yeah. I think that's, now that we're talking through it, I actually think that's maybe the best way that something about going through the Soul Stone triggered something. And whether whether they explain it through 
the traditional mutations or they do something a little bit more space magic about it right we're gonna see mutants in the not the fully formed mutants that we've seen before because i think marvel wants to steer away from that like i don't think we're getting a wolverine at least not an older wolverine i wouldn't recommend they start with them yeah we'll probably get we might get like who's like who are characters they've done kind of poorly cyclops we, we'll probably I, that's suck, who i was thinking they suck at doing cyclops i think we might get a cyclops but i could see marvel doing a cyclops yeah no they need a new i Captain think it'll America, be a better right? one yeah so cyclops is kind of a catfish character they suck at doing gambit well channing, but, Tate, but, channing tatum's still like holding up his sign please let me play gambit he wants to be gambit yeah he, he's on like a ryan reynolds-esque crusade to play gambit that's a good choice though at least on <laughs> yeah. his part yeah. Yeah, I and mean, why not? If it works for like Ryan, the Ryan Reynolds one did for Deadpool. He, basically, his Gambit character is gonna be his character from the the Quentin Tarantino movie. Probably. <laughs> it's like the same accent. Oh wait, wait. Oh, here's the thing. How do they? Because now that obviously Deadpool is in the MCU, or De- Deadpool, I shouldn't say that. Deadpool is owned by Marvel. True. How do they bring Dead? Do they? Well, one, do they bring Deadpool into the MCU? Because there's some really juicy, especially these interactions with Spider-Man, especially Tom Holland's Spider-Man, I think would be really funny. Verse. Well, let me put it to you this way. What's the point? J- just. Money. Money, generally. True. Money True. is the point. Yes. <laughs> the, the thing that makes That's the world go around. Legally sound. Yeah. Um, I, I, it just, I don't know. It's very interesting. We got way off topic. You're bringing, a, you're bringing an R-rated character who who is only good when he can we can, when he can say crazy shit and do crazy things into a PG-13 movie like no I don't I don't think you he... either you either dumb him down or you amp him up like I'm happy to have more Marvel world characters in a Deadpool movie that's what I'm talking about I'm talking about oh, I'm not talking about him making 100%. appearance I'm talking about Spider-Man being in that movie oh him playing but instead of the Colossus cable kind of like Whatever. Think, instead of like it's it's the opposite. It's like an innocent Spider-Man as the foil to because in the comics I think they would love they have to have a that. lot of it. I think that I think that's what yeah. we'll do. But when you do it, it creates problems continuity-wise. How do you? Yeah, I got to give the character amnesia at the end of the movie. Which I mean, it was all a dream. At the end of Dead, at the end of Deadpool two, they're willing like after the end of Deadpool two, there where he literally goes back in time. Yeah, they're they're willing to do anything. Yeah, like in Deadpool like movies. like. If you think Deadpool has a problem creating a movie that just gives you a huge middle finger at the end, like you haven't yeah, watched you haven't, Deadpool, wa- you haven't watched a Deadpool movie. Okay, so so that plot hole yeah, is probably agree. solved by the insanity of the character. I agree. Deadpool totally possible. Um, right. so, I was thinking the other way. So explain, yeah. explain before we move on to yeah. actual Black Panther. Explain your why Wakanda and why vibranium is the best way to bring the mutants in. All right. So quickly, there um, there's like two ways you bring the the mutants in with Wakanda. One which I mentioned is, um, okay, there's this government-sponsored special forces group that Killmonger was a part of, that is so much like um, the the group that Wolverine was a part of. Um, I want to say X Force, but I think I might have that no, mixed is with the one another from, group. No, it's the one from. But, uh, but, uh, it's the one from like X Men. The Weapon X Project. Yeah, that's yeah. what it's called. And right? it's the one that Deadpool was in, like and the Deadpool, original Ryan Deadpool Reynolds was Deadpool. in it. Like Deadpool was in it. Wolverine was in it, Sabretooth was in it, right. and some more minor X-Men type, X-Men Will, characters. Will, the Will-I-Am character was in it. The Will-I-Am character who who would, who would was a lot like 
other X-Men, but yeah, you could do that, and you don't have to have Wolverine in that team or in that team at that time to do it. That's one that's one route. I'll leave I'll leave that there. Hmm, interesting. Um, if you want to have some connection to Killmonger Vengeance story. Not a bad time. Um, the other one is Vibranium itself, and there's comic book stories for Black Panther that kind of allude to this idea that Vibranium great heals people, does all these different things. But one of the things that actually also does is like constant exposure to vibranium causes mutations hmm. and has made Wakanda more have more cases of mutations and more prevalent mutations than the rest of the world. Interesting. So I think if you want to go back to Wakanda and see in the streets and in in the countryside, like actually see yeah. more of Wakanda, yeah. we could Rather find the we could find a mutant in Wakanda. Hmm. So those are my two ways where I think it could come up. Um, if you didn't want to go the Doctor Strange route, but I think that would also kind of help the. Uh, it help... could create a story for that. Too. Yeah, it would also help a little bit of problem with the X Men, the Fox X Men. Yeah. Where they pretty much had like one black X Men. It was Storm. Right. With Storm. And that was it. It was like, there's the token black X Men. It's like, you know, we could have more. And Black Panther has like a good skill set that can fit with X Men, and Vibranium being a metal is like appealing. To have so Magneto, a Magneto, fight. A Magneto sure. kind of fight, or like Magneto wants to weaponize it. So, I think that's a route you can go. I like it. Yeah. All right. I'll, so, pit, I'll pitch that to uh, Kevin Feige. Get Feige, Kevin Feige on the later. Phone. Um, okay, let's let's right. let's go back to uh, where were we? So where we when we started our 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 tangent, um, they all right. So Killmonger steals the weapon from the museum. He's working with Ulysses Claw, who we've right. met before. Um, we've met that he. I think we already. We, we saw him lose his arm. We did, in Ultron. In Ultron, and now he has a weapon arm. It the claw. Like, turns into a gun. Yeah. Yeah, which is pretty pretty awesome. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then they, so they steal this artifact. And then pretty pretty soon after that, um, word gets back to Wakanda that this has happened, and they identify that it's Claw. And so, like, okay, we have an opportunity to go after him. We're going to go after him. And Black Panther himself is going to lead this mission. And they're going to, they know that he's trying to sell this vibranium, um, or at least that's a story, and, and it's in South Korea. And so they're going to go there, and they're going to intercept the meat, and they're going to kidnap uh, Claw and bring him back to Wakanda for trial. Right. So another bit of added stakes that become wildly important later in the movie is that, I'm blanking on his name, but the guy from Get Out. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, the guy who's... Um, Who's leader of the Botha tribe? One of the tribe leaders who is the is the love interest, interest for Okoye. For Okoye. And is portrayed as the child's very good friend. Right. And close friend. And he has a personal stake in this. His father, I think his father was, was killed, killed by Claw. By Ulysses Claw. So they kind of borrowed the thing from the comics and it said applied it to this character. Right. Um. And pretty much he just he's out for blood. He wants vengeance. He's like. Yeah bring him back we need to get him right he doesn't interestingly this guy is not somebody who goes on missions i guess he's not like the indiscreet well they're the character they're the border tribe right so so their job because when you see that you see them they really live almost they look they look like they're in traditional garb most of the time i think that's on purpose it's definitely on purpose they live on the outskirts of wakanda so if in case people get through on the ground they want to oh because the, the image Wakanda is portraying to the world is that they're an, an impoverished African nation that Farming, there's nothing special yeah. about them. They're 
you know, regressive technology. They're living in, you know, the Huts Fondas are living in the, in the 30th century. They're living in the 19th century. Yeah. That's the way, that's the message they're portraying to the world. And this is, I think, the first line. Obviously, it turns out that, you know, their cloaks are, mat, their cloaks are holograms and whatever. Right. But from, to the untrained eye, it looks like they're traditional farming, gathering type uh, type tribe. Right. That's a good point. So, but he's, he's definitely on, you know, this character is definitely on board with, um, getting Yulisi's claw. And right. so this is the mission and Nikia is part of the mission and she's important because she knows South Korea and she's been there before. She's, she's like the most, maybe other than T'Challa, it's unclear. She's like an intelligence operative. For and Wakanda. she's re- very worldly. Right. Right. Very worldly. Like and you, Koye comes in. The she immediately well. goes there. She's like talking to a contact that she knows and in speaks in Korean. Korean. Yeah. So you get that. And, and Okoye goes too. And Okoye wears a wig, which is which, she which hates, is hilarious. Because she hates it. She yeah. hates the wig. Um, it goes against the traditional garb of the of the uh, right. She's wearing King's guard. She's wearing a dress and a wig instead of that outfit. But but she brings the spear along. So right, she has. She's to, ready with that. So she has to bring the spear. So they they're in South Korea. They're going to this meet. You know, they go behind this like fish market, and then it's immediately it's a gambling den. It's like a James Bond esque gambling den like high society there and who do you know who's already there is everett ross the cia agent we met in civil war t'challa stumbles upon and the the group stumbles upon a james bond movie already in progress right where the spy is infiltrating this gambling ring and trying to get the thing the vibranium from the guy yeah it's it's kind of like he's they've stumbled upon a different movie yeah uh, which is again, the scene had so much promise. I think the stupid chase at, at the end of the scene ruins it. That's but it kind of it kind of looked. This this scene could have ended ten minutes earlier, and they, we could have used that for a different type of chase, but or, or something. I completely agree. I yeah. thought the way it played out was right. No, but not you know, good. there's a there's a quick back and forth with T'Challa of you know, I, you know, we're taking Ulysses Claw. No, don't mess with the operation. Blah blah blah. It, they barely have time to talk about it before somebody, uh, one of the one of the bodyguards of Claw, of Claw notices Okoye. She has to break her cover and kill this guy. Right. And then fighting breaks out and shooting breaks out. And at this, you know, T'Challa's protecting Everett Ross, like kind of behind the thing. And then, then it's Black Panther and his people chasing uh, Claw. Like right. that's and immediately what with it a vibranium car. Right. They have a vibranium car. I think I think all the cars are Hyundai's. I, re, I mean, I look at this because I'm looking for the Audis in every Marvel movie. That's true. Um, <laughs> I actually didn't notice. What I think it was. I think it was smart because I I think they they there's like high tariffs and they would naturally buy the Hyundai's and not the imported Audi. But very realistic. Yeah, it worked. That was the most and realistic. That was the most chase. realistic thing about this 98% CGI moments. Well, so basically we have T'Challa doing a whole bunch of black panther things running we on have running Akoye. on the walls of buildings we have a koye doing a whole bunch of black panther things for no reason yeah yeah she's not superhuman I, are you think. sure are you sure maybe she's a mutant i think she snuck all over that black panther juice yeah because some of the stuff he does in the scene she got a contact black panther juice yeah yeah so basically uh they're following this in this vibranium car that's actually being driven via hologram by shuri back in wakanda right girl in the chair yeah, she's this is this is what shows that exactly. Right. She's the girl in the chair. She's 
it works it works really well because all of a sudden it brings her into the scene and and and, and she's like paired up with T'Challa a lot like she's talking to, she talks to everyone but she talks to yeah. T'Challa a lot and so a scene that would have just been even like more like stale and just watching him run is right. him talking to her while he's running and it makes it better yeah it, it's the ban it's the banter the going banter. back some of the things that make the Avengers so fun that they're bantering each other's ears like the best part of Age of Ultron was that first scene where they're all bantering to each other as exactly. they kick ass. Exactly. This scene has a little bit of that. They're bantering back right. and forth. They're a little bit more uh, serious about it. But, you know, Shuri obviously isn't. She's just having fun. She's in this hologram car. She's not in any right. danger. But it also has maybe the most nonsensical moment in this movie. Well, I think the most not... Eh. One of the most unnecessary moments in this movie. Yeah, so so they're in this car that has that's proven to... It's made of... Vibranium. Even though, even though windshield is vibranium, right? Everything about this car right. is vibranium. So there's indestructible. It's getting shot at, but bullets are flying off, no problem. Nothing. Right. There's no, There's no issue with this car. And then basically, they're just all they're doing is really just. They're chasing other bad guys. They're trying to get the vibranium, and they're trying to get claw. Right. Yeah. That's, and they that's got why bad, they had to. They got bad guys in an SUV in front of them. They want to. They want to go after it, and so the great idea that Akoya has is to get out of the car. Get out of the car with her spear and like throw a spear at. Throw the spear, spear at, at this car and 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 it doesn't hit the car. I mean, it hits the car, but it goes ahead of the car, and then the car runs into the spear. She also doesn't like throw the spear from out the window, like stick her head out the window and throw the spear. She gets on top of the car, right. completely exposed. Right. Like I mean, they Two were bullets. They were literally shooting bullets at exactly where she was, like yeah. three seconds prior, and it bounced off harmlessly. But instead, she gets on to where the bullets can hit her, no guard at all, mm-hmm. and just no, no. They, they decide not to shoot. It's one of those things that when you're watching it the first time, you're just like, oh my god, Koi is such a badass. Eventually, the second time you think, about it, you're just like, why? Why is she getting out of this car? I'll add another element. It's a magic to, car. I'll add another element to it. They have spaceships that shoot laser weapons that's true why didn't they put a gun on this car that's so true what right yeah modify the fuck they out made of this a car. vibranium car but it's like but the car is vibranium it's like oh yeah you put a gun on it yeah come on it's vibranium and it has like serious radio like that's the only features on this car no no weapons or anything like, well, why can't Akoya get a black panther suit make her yeah. bulletproof well that's because this is an absolute monarchy, and he's hogging all of the Black Panther suits. Except for the the backup Black Panther suit that they have, just in case Killmonger becomes king. Later right, on. the gold one. It's made of purple and a gold one, even though Shaw's not going to wear the gold one ever. Yeah. But, okay, whatever. Yeah. That we're we're jumping ahead too. Much. Jumping ahead, but um. Scene yeah. Ends. So this is this, the chase scene, and they look like they get everything they want, right? They, they get so capture claw. They capture claw. They get the vibranium and now they're in a safe house that um everett ross cia guy has they want to interrogate him they're talking to each other the other thing in this movie is they used hosa which is one of the languages in south africa as the language for wakanda okay it's like a decent choice Mm -hmm. you know different times when you've had like a fictional african country in a movie they'll they might pick hosa or they might pick swahili as like a language that multiple countries speak so i thought it was interesting rather than making up a language yeah it's really it's, it's just really it just hard to make, it's really hard to make up a language i'll, I'll let it I'll, I'll, you know I'll, I'll let it go that like it's a specific one but it works so you get the sense. feel for the movie yeah why not uh, but they're talking back and forth about how 
they're actually they want to make sure that they take claw back with them and should they should they let the CAA talk to him for five minutes or should they just take him now and they're going to let him interview him for a little bit yeah so here we have a CIA agent that he doesn't really know how powerless he is right in his mind he's he's from the big bad US of A helping out this poor country because he doesn't see any of this car chase but you know what he knows about Black Panther well he knows that Black Panther is a thing but he doesn't know about Wakanda but but where did this does he think that Tony Stark made this Black Panther suit for him? It's or not some, or like assume that he got it somewhere else, somehow else. Well, if you just think about it, I, he's I on I, Team Iron Man. It's not unreasonable yeah. that he got an enhanced suit from Tony Stark. Yeah, that might be my first. I guess if I'm him, that's my first assumption is that he bought a suit or he got right the, sent one by Tony Stark. And I mean, you know, and he's just the king of one place. Impoverished countries buying in, weapons that they don't need. Buying weapons that they don't need is very realistic. So I right. don't think he would actually. That's fair. He would look at this suit, and again, this isn't like the real world where people buy tanks and nukes. This is right. the Iron Man world where people buy Iron Man suits. They're right. I think he'd look at Black Panther and say, oh, and he it just also, blew his country's economy on this fancy suit, on this fancy suit. for no reason, rather than you know, food, which he thinks they need. I don't think his immediate assumption is to go, oh, they're secretly the Super, richest and most advanced, technology. Yeah, the yeah. most advanced country this world's ever seen. Right. Oh, that's his first inclination. But there's a kind of a weird uh, dichotomy where they're acting like they're on the same side, the CIA and the Wakandans, but the right. Wakandans... You, Talk, speaking a different language, are able to pre- communicate that, yeah, we can't let him find out about Wakanda. They're worried about Claw yeah. saying too much, revealing right. Wakanda's secrets. That's right. They also are like, okay, maybe, so that maybe we should take Claw now before he tells things. And Claw starts making, starts boasting he's about a, he's Wakanda. He's loving this. He's just like, ah, I got the limelight. I have an audience. I'm going to just be this, a dick to everyone. This Claw scene makes me really want more claw. I want more claw. I want more claw because of this scene. This scene's so good. Andy Circus is having a blast. Andy Circus. He he also puts He's on such like, a good foil for the Michael B. Jordan character. It, also, yeah, as like a a, a mustache twirling funny villain right. versus a serious menacing villain. Yeah, it's uh they they're a match made in villain heaven. I think and I and I feel like a, a decent bit of this is his choice because I feel like on paper Ulysses Claw is like the hunter in Jumanji. Like, he's just like, ah, oh, you know, cut, yeah. cut through the vines, right. give me the minerals. But he, Andy Circus turns him into this, like, I just want to see things, ha- he's almost like a joker, kind he, of. Like, I want to see things not, happen. Not, not the joker. Not joker. the joker, but, but you know, not joker, the new one. joker light. <laughs> and he's like, I just want to see things happen. And Yeah, he's and more of an agent I, of chaos. I, agent of chaos. Agent enjoy, of profit. Enjoy, you know, the crazy things that are going on. He like literally contorts himself. And, like, he's like, he's like the only person that realizes back in the chair. He's the only top. person that realizes he's in a Marvel movie. Like he's like just having fun with it. Right. He's having fun with it. Um, and I, I forget where Andy Serkis is from. I don't know if he's British or not, but like, you know, he does. Is he South African? I, I don't know. He might be, but yeah, he, he does like a South African or like a Rhodesian accent. Yeah. Which just gives more to his character. Yeah. And he's really interesting. Maybe I, maybe I just bought the accent. I don't know where that came from. Yeah, uh, but Andy Circus can do any accent. And um, you know he's telling he's telling uh, Ross about Wakanda, but he's not. Ross isn't believing it. 
Um, but he's just more and more about, I got my arm from Wakanda, all this other yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's funny because it sounds like just this outlandish story that's just this nonsense. And the official story that Wakandans have said is that, yeah, we had vibranium once upon a time. We had about, what was the amount that Claw stole? Yeah, we yeah. had that. Yeah, we had like an ounce <laughs> he of stole, vibranium. He stole it all. Right. Whatever we had, and then Claw's telling a story about, now they have a fucking mountain of vibranium. Right. And I just got like... A millionth of a millionth, a millionth of, it. of it. Right. So he's telling this story, and, and he goes on and on, and then all of a sudden, and um, uh, Nakia and Black Panther are like starting to sense it. All of a sudden, something's going to happen, and then boom, the wall blows up, and it's Killmonger and the rest of the crew that are coming to take to you know to rescue uh, Claw. They shoot up the place, and they're gonna and one of them. Has sights on Nakia and is going to shoot Nakia, and then all of a sudden Everett run jumps in the way and takes the bullet, and leave and he's he's bleeding out on the floor, yeah. and the crew gets away. So then it kind of then the characters split off in two places, right? You have the Wakandans debating what they should do with Ross. Right. Should you know they have the technology? They're the to only save people that him. Can, They're the only yeah. ones that can do it. But Probably if they do Tony it, Probably Tony Stark could, but he's nowhere to be found. Right. It's right. Really, you know, like the only the two. It is post Civil War. Yeah, that's true. Do you want to tell? Do you want to tell Tony Stark that you have you know Winter Soldier hiding out in your in your country or anything <laughs> exactly. like that? Exactly. Um, but. So they're debating, do we bring him back? If we do, then the world will know about Wakanda, the government will know about Wakanda, and that changes everything. And this is still a huge priority for them, keeping this secret. Exactly. Yeah. Big part of it. One of the reasons they want to clash, to clash Claw, to catch Claw, is so that he's one of the very few, out, one of the, probably the only outsider that Who knows about knows Wakanda. Wakanda. So they want to bring him in, not just for the injustice that he's committed, True. stealing from, killing Wakandans, right. but... To keep this secret in-house. Right. If Claw wasn't all about the profit, he would have told other people. He, w- he probably would have told more people about Wakanda. It's he just, doesn't want to tell anyone because... This is his secret. This is his moneymaker. That's how he get. Yeah, he's the only one that knows. Right. And it's very valuable that he's the only one that knows. Exactly. To him. Right. So um, T'Challa, Black Panther, makes the, makes the decision, makes the right, dis- you know, the, ju- the just decision that yeah, we so. have to save him. No arc required in that, I'm, which I'm fine with. Like it, it's like he's he's a, he's a good he's guy. He's a one note good guy. He's a good guy. Exactly. So they're gonna yeah. save him. Um, I forget if it's right after or around the same time. Um, the the other the other side of the Killmonger and crew, um, they've escaped and they're like hiding out in kind of a uh, what do you call it? like an air an air Great airplane like graveyard. It's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like yeah, an airplane like graveyard. Hangar. Yeah, like old graveyard. gutted airplanes. Yeah, and like this is their hideout and their um, I don't know they they, they chit chat for before for a before bit. we get there we should yeah. just note that uh when when T'Challa when T'Challa is deciding whether to chase Killmonger or and Claw or whether to save that's right that's um, the other part of the decision is to Ross, chase them down. He he's looking at him and he notices that there's Wakandan script on a necklace worn by Killmonger. So now right. he's aware that who, this mysterious guy who stole Claw is Wakandan. And he doesn't know exactly who it is yet, but right. he knows that he's affiliated with Wakanda in some way. And it right. really like kind of throws him for a loop because he doesn't know... He's and, the king and he doesn't know any... And I think he gets the Wakandans. ring too, right? 
Does he leave the ring? I think he leaves the ring behind. He leaves. Right. He leaves the yes. ring behind. And 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 the, the ring. And that's what sets is him not, off. Yeah, it's really the ring because the ring is right. not just the Wakandan symbol. The ring is the family. Is ring. the family symbol. Right. You're right. And you're it's right, the, right. I think it's the grandfather's ring or something mm-hmm. like that. And so, so like, the, there's very few people that would have this. And, and and T'Challa thinks that he knows all of them and that all of them are dead. Right. And at this time, he doesn't. He never knew that uh, his uncle had a son. I don't yeah. believe. I think that was kept secret. And 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 I think he just knew that his uncle died before he was born or when, he was, before, or when he was young. Right. Died yeah. in America when he was young. And right. That's all he kind of knew. That's all he knows. But this really sets him off. So maybe we'll, we'll follow that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, now is back in Wakanda. You get some... You get some more light Shuri moments once uh, Ross is healed and you get Shuri really like, showing technology. The genius. You know, you silly American, or you know, like you don't, you don't, you don't know you anything. Know anything that we can do and all this stuff, but in a yeah. nice way. Um, but then the much more serious is that um, all I can say is Forrest Whitaker's character. Um, Last King of Scotland, they just cast him in this movie. You know, I don't know. I really didn't like him in this movie. So, one character you didn't mind, you know, being for this movie, just for this movie. Yeah, just for this um, movie. But <laughs> he, he's like the old wise man earlier. Like, he explains the rules of the, the challenge to be king. And then, so he's this the, is... He's like a mentor figure to T'Challa in this right. movie, now that his dad's dead, surrogate father. Right. So, so now T'Challa's come back to him with this ring and confronts him and says what does this mean you know this is my father's or my grandfather's ring and right. all this stuff and then that's when we revisit the story from the beginning of the movie and we learn that actually the friend the trusted friend who was an informant for T'Chaka is Forrest Whitaker right and um then we learn what happens after which is that Sterling K. Brown, who's the the prince, who's the the brother, mm-hmm. um, pulled his gun and was ready to shoot Forrest Whitaker, young right. Forrest Whitaker, when T'Chaka jumps in quickly and kills him. And and kills him. I almost don't even know if it, I I I watched the, I watched the scene, and they because they show it visually, it's unclear whether he made the decision that he needs to kill him to stop the gun. Or that to stop the, the shooting, or that it was like he stopped him, but it was unintentional how forcefully he stopped him. Maybe the first one, I don't know. I tend to think from his reaction that it was it was chosen. That no, I thought that was not chosen. Yeah, I thought that was more of an accident. I, it 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 felt like it could be an accident. Yeah, I thought that because it's like he went in he went in to like push him back and hold him, but he has claws. Right, and he's super strong and he's yeah. wearing a vibranium suit and right. all these things i think you know he kind of a little bit of the glass straw principle at work here where he he hit a guy way harder than he thought he was going to and, exactly and he definitely meant to stop him and probably hurt him a little bit too but maybe not kill him it's a little bit unclear but in the yeah. end result is he did kill him he didn't go there to kill him that's for sure because because his thing was you need to come back to wakanda stand trial which right. is which is the kind of decision that T'Challa makes about Ulysses' claw. Right, they could have killed Ulysses' question. claw a hundred times. times. Yeah, but they they choose not to. Right. He needs to stand trial. Right, so it's like they made that same decision, but the circumstances were different. Right, 
And so we see, we find out what really happens. This shakes up T'Challa even more. He's like, yeah, T'Challa's crisis is not is not who he is as a person. He's gone through that arc and yeah. how we should act. His crisis in this movie and the internal conflict is about his past and and who his father and who is. his father is and what does it mean to be a king and what does it mean to be worthy of being a king? Right. Because uh, he had portrayed or he had looked up to his father as the idyllic, I, you know, yeah. idyllic version of a king. Right. Even the line he says in Ikea right in the beginning of the movie that we talked about, the king is dead. His yeah. dad was the king. They were synonymous in T'Challa's mind. Right. So here we have that yeah, maybe he wasn't so good. Maybe he wasn't such a good king. Like. Or maybe he wasn't such a good person either. Yeah. Or he was, he was human. You know, he wasn't. Right. You know, what what could what could you do differently in that? Or maybe situation? he was a good king, but it made him a bad person. Like. Right. Yeah, the, the the line earlier, the you know the famous. It's hard quote, for a good man to be king. Right, or, you know, the famous quote, uh, great men are almost invariably terrible men, hmm. uh, which is, I think, because you have to make hard decisions, and I think that's something T'Challa, T'Challa's been able to be so good, and he's learned this path, that he's walked this path. Yeah. This is something that, it's it's a weird, it's a weird mix, because it's not something that's coming from inside, that he has to make a hard decision, it's just this possibility that he will because of the way his dad acted. Yeah, and I mean his dad, right? Synonymous with being the king, his dad was Black Panther for a while. Like, what if your dad literally was a superhero? Right. That's his dad was a superhero. His dad was a superhero, and then he found out about this, and it just exactly. took shakes him to the core. Um. So, we going back to the other part of the story. The uh, before we get there, we should yeah. set up that. Um, the get out guy, mm-hmm. uh, right. he is the Botha tribe. He the Botha tribe. He's pissed. That's right. He's pissed that Ulysses Claw was lost. Was lost. And in a kind of a baffling character moment, maybe. And I guess you can explain this by T'Challa being a little bit self conscious or a little bit unclear of what's going on, or maybe even ashamed of his own family. Right. He doesn't mention the fact that no, we didn't lose Claw. He was stolen by a Wakandan. Yeah. Well, I think I think he was he didn't he wasn't ready to talk about a Wakandan. Oh, exactly. Yeah, and then once he learns more, he doesn't want to talk about a Wakandan. Yes. yes. Even when he actually knows the story. Right. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. It's it's this like huge piece of information. Characters and probably what would have yeah what would have what would have stopped other things was something he wasn't willing to do. Right, and characters in books all the time, and it happens a lot in sitcoms where the main driving force of the plot is that two characters just didn't talk. Yeah. And this is the really the whole reason the Civil War happens later in this movie is because these characters didn't sit down and talk about what happened to Ulysses Claw. Right. And because of that, there's this whole problem, and basically things are brewing. Yeah. There's already a problem between. Uh, the border tribe, who was pretty staunchly loyal to T'Challa, yeah, in the beginning best of this movie, friend. best friend. Now there are some cracks underneath. His loyalty seemed very contingent upon getting Claw, which is surprising. It's surprising. It seems random because they probably had a lot of time to go get Claw. Other than that, Claw popped up in the Avengers. Didn't seem like yeah. he was so secret, right? You know, I, I don't I mean, know when you know his father was killed. If it was, I, I feel like it was when he was young. You know, right. It doesn't seem like it was a year ago. It seems like it was 20 years ago. 
It does seem that way. Yeah, it seems like it... Because it's unclear how many times Claw has been to Wakanda, but it doesn't seem like he's there on vacation all the time. Right. Like he's been there maybe once yeah. when he did the, the stealing. It yeah. doesn't seem like he's been there that really all that often. Right. So now that we kind of set the stage in Wakanda, there's a lot of... Chal has this internal conflict. There's a little bit of external conflict brewing. Now we go back to... You want to go back right. to Killmonger? Right. So we go back to Killmonger and the, air, the airplane graveyard, and he's hiding out, and he's with... Um, the girl that there's there's a girl you're basically not introduced to her but she seems to be like his, his lo- love lover or his girlfriend yeah but also part of the the mercenary crew yep. and so it's her and Ulysses Claw and um, very quickly Killmonger is talking to Ulysses Claw and then I don't even think there's much that he does different like he just turns on him. Well, there wasn't there the whole thing about Claw was like, I can get you into Wakanda. Yeah. That was I think right. that was the promise, right? Because right. Killmonger right. helped out Claw, and then in exchange, Claw would tell. He's like, I want to know who I really am. It's Claw, like that's how he presents himself. Claw would help Michael B. Jordan get into Wakanda. Right. And it turns out that they were just had different meanings of that. Yeah. So Claw thought he needed to tell Michael B. Jordan where Wakanda was. Michael B. Jordan knows where Wakanda is. He literally is using Claw's body as an entry fee. As an entry fee. To get into Wakanda. So that's why he turns on Claw. Right. In that moment. Right. And he does it. And this is when you really know like what Killmonger is about because Claw grabs the girlfriend and puts her in front of him as a human shield. And he says, you know, I'm sorry, we're good. And he shoots right through the girlfriend. It's such an epic villain moment. It's like, holy shit, this guy is not a good dude. Yeah, and... And the fact that he doesn't even, like, a more comic book villain would have taken, like, half a minute to say about how, you know, it doesn't matter and I'm going to, you know, oh, do it anyway. that no hesitation, just... No hesitation. He knows what he wants and he doesn't, he doesn't like, care. Boom. He doesn't done. care about it. She, she's, not in, she's not part of the plan. Yeah, and she then... useful when she was useful. And, he, and, you know, he gets, he shoots Claw, Claw kind of... Drags yeah. his feet, running away, and and he goes down and shoots him again, and kills him. So, take a moment here. Killing Claw. Yeah, let's, main, talk about, let's talk about the ramifications. A main Black of Panther Claw. villain. Uh, we all agreed. Yeah, I don't know if he's a, a a major villain by himself, but we all agreed we kind of liked the character. Yeah, he's in not some way. he's not in it much. And I think he again he has that one really good scene of the interrogation. Mm-hmm. I like that. I think in Eltron he's fine. I would have liked to see more of him, maybe, again, maybe not as a villain, but kind of as this conduit between Wakanda and the world, right. as this kind of guy that they're like, the, Wakanda's almost chasing their tail trying to find. And that's like a, he he served as, he could serve almost as a bridge between Wakanda and the main villain of the next, of another movie. He would be like the advisor to that villain. Or yeah. Like, like for instance, yeah. we talked about, and they kind of use it in this movie. We talked about in Shazam how they were missing the minor villain from that movie. Mm-hmm. Claw is the minor villain in this movie, and it, it's great because he sets up Killmonger and he's the connection. Yeah. But then they just they kill him they off. They killed him. And it does it does do a good job of making Killmonger look badass if that was Claw's only job. But I just think that that's thinking a little small. Right. For Claw. I mean, you have this old timey South African witty mercenary with a weapon with a machine laser gun hand 
and you killed him. And the fact is, you don't know much about him, so right. they really could have portrayed him in any way in the next movie. They could have portrayed him as smart who builds a thing, or just he's a mercenary who hires yeah. thugs, or he's this, he's that. You could have really done a lot of different things mm-hmm. with his character, and you kind of could... If they did it well, you believe it because they left it open. You could you could turn him into a joke if you wanted to, and he'd still be aligned. Like, you leave him alive, he's in prison, and then all of a sudden in some movie, next movie, he he you see that he has a book coming out. You know, and he's like, yeah, my you know my my tales through my my travels through Africa or something, and he yeah, has his, his stupid face on With it and whatever. Claw, like, yeah, know, but he's in prison or something, you know, and just like keep. Keep it going. Yeah, they could have used him. Again, I don't think, even though in the comics he is, but like you said, Andy Serkis went a different direction than Mm -hmm. the comic villain. And I think for this movie it works, but it makes it him as a main villain maybe a little bit untenable. Yeah, because he doesn't really have superpowers, and you'd never see him with more than, like, six people. Like, he needs to be the leader of – he needs to be, like, the leader of HYDRA – to have stuff and he's not he, that's not his guy yeah, it's one of those things that we talked about this with aquaman how at the end of aquaman he's the ruler of the ocean and he has like this huge army at his back and the next villain either something has to change or the next villain has to be super powerful yeah it's kind of the same thing like here we have a civil war but in wakanda and that's the main conflict of the movie and you have literally a character with the same exact powers as t'challa right fighting him and matt evenly matched so that's how we get it there but in the future black panther movies he's theoretically going to be a unified Wakanda that is stronger than that should be maybe not stronger than ever after their losses, but yeah. should be as unified as ever, especially considering right. what happened, and really should be on track to. There's no kind reason of why great there should be any in trouble in Wakanda. Yeah, it would be like a supervillain decide like kind of like being all of a sudden just like yeah I'm gonna face the the United States in right. in combat and the United right. States says. Well, here's the entire army, because that's what should happen with Wakanda. Right. Okay, it's a little unclear how big Wakanda is. It's hard to argue. I feel like it's a medium-sized country. I feel like you could go out, I don't know, 50 miles, 100 miles at least from the city. Yeah, that's what I'd say too, probably and, in all directions. Yeah, but yeah, it's hard to argue trouble in Wakanda in the next movie. And, and, and it's hard to see a movie that is a Black Panther movie that doesn't mostly take place in Wakanda. Because it's such a big part of it. Because it's a big part of this movie. It's such a big part of this movie. And so, it's so much right. a part of what made the movie Black Panther the movie Black Panther. Exactly. I mean, Black Panther as the side heroine in a team-up, fine. Yeah. But in a Black Panther 2, you know, he's like, why is he, he's not going to be in New York like the whole time. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, I would be at least fifty so percent Wakanda. Although I mean, I think a, a thing about Spider-Man you'd say is he has to be in New York, and he wasn't. He wasn't. So they True. might, they might, eh, maybe for the second yeah. one they could, they'll send him out. But yeah, I, I who knows? Right. What we'll do what yeah. I was going to do. Have to see with it. All right. But now let's get to the. That was part one of our two-part Black Panther podcast. Um, be sure to let us know what you think. Check out part two tomorrow. That's going to drop where we finish up the conversation and talk about our thoughts for the future of the Black Panther franchise.